3: My only
0: object in
2: being here is
4: to try and get at the truth.
2: Where shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear,
4: I don't give a damn. I
2: could have been a contender. Fasten your seat. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm going to make him an awful deal. All real, men. Love is... is well, too, too weak a word. for back. I, I loathe are you. I
1: loathe you. I love you
2: I did as he Don't let
1: me... If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV. Respect it, and it! remember that you told me it's time, Robbie.
5: Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast.
1: And the
6: Oscar goes to Parasite.
5: Hello, everyone, welcome to episode 186 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Negley. At time of recording, 11:09 a.m. on March 22nd, 2020, uh, we are all in self-imposed. Quarantine right now Uh, Some of us haven't left our home for days I'm hoping that some of us have still showered at the very least And are washing our hands and not touching our faces And everything else that contagion warned us about nine years ago So here to, uh, you know, talk with me this week About a multitude of different things I
2: have Michael Schwartz Still home, showered, washed, and hanging in there Nicole Ackman
7: Hi everybody, hope you're all staying safe and healthy
2: Josh Parham
5: Hello, hello Lauren LaMagna.
8: I have lost count of the quarantine days. (laughs) Dan Baer. No coughing, no fever, no headache. I'm okay so far. And Amanda Spears.
6: Hello, I am running low on alcohol.
8: (laughs) Yeah, that's
5: a real concern right now, I have to say. If my local bodega closes down and I can't get white claws, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) well so uh like i was saying before we're all right now in quarantine um i know a lot of our listeners right now are in quarantine as well and you guys have given us so much positive feedback over the last two weeks or so uh with the content that we're still putting out there and we want to thank you so much for that we got a lot of great 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 um feedback from you all in regards to um the live call-ins for the fan question segment so we're going to be doing that again this week to hopefully just bring everybody together a little bit more uh we're going to be discussing the latest updates and how the coronavirus has impacted the entertainment industry we're also going to be announcing the winners of the mvp film community awards for the 2010s the entire decade a month of voting and it was intense. Let me tell you. So congratulations to the entire MVP film community on not only the nominations, but also to the winners, which we will reveal later on. And like I said before, we'll go over the polls, uh, which this week we're asking everyone, which was the best movie of 2020 before the theaters closed down? Because technically, we're we're like at the end of Q1, uh, and unfortunately, it came to an abrupt stop. So... I mean, you know, like if the Oscars were held today, I mean, like, what is the best movie of the year? (laughs) So that's this week's poll. That's what the agenda for the show is for today. But before I get started, I kind of want to go around here and I want to ask everyone what they've been watching at home, maybe to give some suggestions for other people as well. So, Michael, uh, let's start with you. What have you been catching up on at home during quarantine?
2: A lot of television. You know, I find that I have it on the background all day and I'm able to get caught up with some shows that I had put on the back burner. So, the ones that I'm watching now, I'm watching Hunters on Amazon, which is, I wouldn't call it a great show by any means. It has a really strong pilot, but then it just gets a little too excited and, you know, flashy for its own good. But, you know, it's interesting to see some of these set pieces. It's almost like Inglorious Bastards on Steroids as a 10 part series. So, you know, if that sounds interesting, maybe check part of it out, but it's not going to be for everyone. So, that's been something. I'm also watching a. High School Musical, The Musical, The Series on Disney+, Plus, which has given me real 2006 nostalgia. So uh, two very different programs, but, you know, we got to have variety during the days. Yeah. Uh, And then just, like, a few older movies. You know, nothing really that new uh, outside of the TV shows. But you know what? It's a good time to catch up on stuff from 10, 20, even 30 years ago. So why not? Sure, sure. Nicole, what about you?
7: So I actually have been in, like, a bit of a weird headspace where I haven't wanted to watch anything new. Um, but what I have rewatched just this weekend is little women, um, which you can now surprise, buy surprise digitally. Yeah, I know. Um, I was writing a piece about it. I need to rewatch it. And then last night I, um, I watched the new Emma again, which is my second time seeing that as well, but I watched it with my whole family. That's new. Well, it wasn't new to me. <laughs> I've seen it before. <laughs> Um, but I will say that, you know, it's available now that you can, um, rent it on Amazon and iTunes and places like that for $20. And if you've not seen it, or even if you have, it's a really nice, um, movie to watch right now, I think, because it's quite distracting. It's quite funny. Um, it's pretty light. And that for me is what I've been kind of going for right now because I don't want to watch anything too, too heavy um so i I would definitely recommend checking that out and also it's a way to kind of keep supporting the film industry even though everything is shut down
5: yeah more on that in a little bit here and the uh decision that universal studios decided to do this past week in regards to their new releases uh let's kick it over now to josh parm josh what have you been catching up on
1: well i've been catching up with a mixture of different things some are kind of blind spots uh, that I haven't gotten to yet that I'm finally – I have the time now to see. And some other stuff is, like, comfort food that I'm just watching because I'm familiar with them and I just enjoy watching them. Uh, But the most recent thing that I saw in terms of a release was Big Time Adolescence, which I know that there's a lot of people that really like this movie – and I got to say, I wasn't that big of a fan of it. uh um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, uh, I really don't know why people like this movie so much. It felt pretty pedestrian to me. And I didn't really find that Pete Davidson gave this really interesting performance. It felt kind of similar to what he's done before. But it, so that one was just sort of OK. And it was the most recent release that I had seen uh, up to this date. OK. All right. Uh, Lauren, what about you?
9: I have been catching up on um, not-so-light things, which might not be a smart idea, but um, (laughs) I saw uh, Swallow, which is on Amazon, not for $20. It was something a lot cheaper than that, and I loved that movie. I think it's a great little character study that's psychological, a little scary, and it's about a woman trying to take control over herself mentally and physically in a patriarchal society, which I love that stuff. Um I rewatched A Quiet Place I'm sad about a quiet place too, and it still is amazing. Um I saw Seaburg, which I forget where, I think also on Amazon, and I'm in the minority where I loved it. And um I also just saw The Hunt because I wanted to laugh and it was <laughs>
5: fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Okay. Dan Bear.
8: Um so I too have mostly been watching like sort of comfort food movies for me. Um, you know, older things that I can find on the thing on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or things that I have on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, but I have watched a couple new things. Um I watched the two All the Boys I Love before sequel because the first one was cute and this one is just as cute as, yes,
0: as the first
8: one. <laughs> uh, um I Holland Taylor just classes up any movie she's in and she was funny. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I want a whole movie about that character, by the way. Please. Um, she's delightful. <laughs> um I also watched um the the nineteen ninety-five version of Emma because I haven't seen it since it came out. And that was Really nice and very, very 90s period film. Oh, yeah, I guess I also watched that. Dan
7: and I were texting last night. We we were.
8: We were texting about Emma for hours.
7: <laughs> see, you guys can feel... see
6: even if you're not with people, you can still watch programs together.
8: Oh yeah, you True. heard
5: about this whole like Netflix uh, group binging thing uh, I think that me they have. And
7: my friends are gonna do that with Hook soon.
8: Yeah. Oh, there you go.
7: I need for um I need for Disney Plus to come out with a version of that. Like. <laughs>
8: yeah. Um. I also I did watch um new things. I watched uh. Blow the Man Down, which is on Amazon, an Amazon original. It's a movie that I had um, heard some good things about when I was at uh, Toronto last year. And it is very enjoyable. I wish that it had been a miniseries, because it does a fantastic job creating this world that you could really get lost in, and then it only spends 90 minutes there. Um, but it it's really good, really well done. If you're a fan of Margot Martindale, especially, yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, great movie. Uh, Chalk-a-block with great character actors and uh, great sense of atmosphere, too. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I really like
5: that movie, too. Yeah, I want to just say for the record that like anything that nowadays that's like, coming out on VOD that – gets a pretty firm recommendation, um, this is the time to really, really check those films out uh, because what else are we going to uh, watch, you know, for the most part? And um, I I think we could see a bit of a, I don't want to say like a resurgence, but more of just a spike in interest um, that could uh, have a ripple effect maybe moving forward for VOD releases because just because it goes to VOD doesn't mean that it's garbage, Immediately, there's some really yeah. you know interesting stuff on there. Sometimes
8: and the the last thing I so I did not rewatch this movie this week, but uh, f- separately, um, like lots of different family members have watched Parasite now that it's available <laughs> on VOD, and they have nothing to do. And I have had at least like three to five separate conversations with friends and family members this week about that movie and how great it is. So. People are getting on the hype train still.
5: <laughs> nice, nice. And Amanda, what about you? What have you been catching up on this past week?
6: I decided to rewatch Succession season two because it's amazing.
5: Always a good idea.
6: Yes. Jeremy Strong deserves an Emmy. I agree. Oh my God. It's so worth the binge if you have the time. Ta- what we all have the time. Just to get to that last five minutes, I watched the Octavia Spencer miniseries on Netflix.
0: Oh,
5: how was that?
6: It struggles with what it wants to be. Okay, she's amazing in it.
5: And this is not the uh, one with Aaron Paul, right? Uh, no, no, that's this, an apple. This, okay, this gotcha. This
6: CJ Walker uh, about uh, the first black woman who was a, a millionaire from hair products. Interesting. So I watched that on Friday, and uh, yeah, I watched the Star Wars movie again.
5: The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Ugh. Why?
6: <laughs> um, I, wanted to give it a, I wanted to give it a second chance,
9: and uh, that's fair. Crazy, that's fair. Right?
6: <laughs> what? Hey,
9: Oscar Isaac is gorgeous in that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: <laughs> you never have too much Oscar
5: Isaac. I, I, you know what? I, I will admit, I will watch it one more time because I do want to see if I do get um, uplifted in the swell of emotion while watching it, and it negates so many of the plot holes and frustrations I had with that movie, or if those plot holes and frustrations I had will overtake um, my general positive feelings on the movie. I'm, I'm curious to see which way I'll fall on a second watch.
7: Honestly, once it's on Disney+, Plus, I want to go and like just watch the Babu Frick parts and be like, great, awesome movie. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I did like it better the second time, but I, I thought it was interesting. If
6: you've seen all of the, the previous eight, you can really tell tonal that the score is so smart because you can hear bits and pieces from all of them. So I appreciate John Williams.
5: Nice. Well, uh, last week's poll, uh, we asked everybody uh, for some recommendations for what people could watch at home during self-isolation. We asked people to name the movie and where to stream it. These were some of the uh, recommendations that we received. Uh, The great mouse detective on Disney plus Mm. hell yes to that. Love that movie. Um, three of the best movies of all time are on Netflix. There Will Be Blood, Goodfellas, and The Shawshank Redemption. No arguments there. <laughs> uh, what else we have here? Greener Grass on Hulu. Oh, God. Movie is okay. so weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, all righty, no problem. Uh, Someone said The Irishman on Netflix. Okay. Enemy on Netflix. Uh, Gone Girl also on Netflix.
6: Ooh. Might have to check that one
5: out. It's never a bad time to rewatch watch um, Gone Girl. We have On Golden Pond mm-hmm. on Hulu. That's
6: depressing.
5: That uh, someone said Honey Boy on Amazon Prime. If you guys didn't check that out in theaters, now is definitely the time, I would say. Uh, what else we have here? <laughs> Someone said the Cornetto Trilogy on Amazon or Google Play. (laughs) Uh, Yes,
2: I've only seen one of them. I'm going to put that on my list to see uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz, which I've never seen before. Uh, Spoiler alert, uh,
5: Shaun of the Dead is probably going to be a podcast review during this pandemic, FYI. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, (laughs) Someone said The Apartment, but I I don't know where it is to stream, but you should watch it anyway. (laughs) I'm sure it's somewhere out there. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not a bad recommendation i i totally agree uh and then you know you had stuff like uh some new movies that you know people are saying just buy them and just watch them like for example someone said the lighthouse just just buy it already (laughs) (laughs) um the lord of the rings apparently is available i believe on uh streaming right now as well uh if you want to kill nine to twelve hours of your life that's not a bad idea and then um about time on netflix
2: you know, Matt, I'm going to throw one more out there mm-hmm. that I just saw was on Netflix the other day, and I have it on Blu-ray, but for anyone who just wants to see it again, or I highly urge you to watch it for the first time, on Netflix right now from 1999, one of the great movies of the last 20-plus years, Talented Mr. Ripley.
0: <gasps> Ooh. Mm.
2: Yes. Someone, someone asked me the other day, what's my favorite Jude Law performance, and I said Talented Mr. Ripley, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So If you've never seen that before, that is a perfect movie to watch under quarantine, and You you get Patricia Highsmith and Anthony Mangella and this great cast of young, beautiful stars in the 90s. It is wonderful. And I want to just remind people again that there is this really, really great app that
5: you can download. And FYI, they're not paying me to say this. Um, It's called Just Watch. Mm -hmm. Um, If you download it, you put in some of your uh, movie preferences as well as which streaming devices you have access to, uh, streaming apps rather, and um, it'll tell you by genre or by streaming app or just whatever it is uh, anything that's streaming right now that you can watch and it's really really helpful uh, during this time uh, right now hey everyone i'm Aaron. and i'm patrick and together we host the feelin film podcast
4: a show that focuses more on the emotional takeaway from a movie experience rather than its technical merit
5: yes sir talking about what we love about film and focusing less on the critical side of things makes for a very entertaining and enjoyable discussion
8: New episodes drop every
5: Monday morning, and you can catch them on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other
8: podcasting networks.
5: You can also find out more about the show at feelingfilm.com.
8: In the meantime, as we say on the show, stay positive
5: and keep feeling film. Uh, just continuing with the polls here really quickly, I want to segue over now into this week's poll, which I said at the top of the show. Uh, we're asking everybody what was the best movie of 2020 before the theaters closed down options here include the assistant bad boys for life birds of prey downhill emma first cow the gentleman the hunt the invisible man the lodge never rarely sometimes always onward the way back wendy and there is also a ride in option as well so guys, I mean, let's imagine, let's let's just imagine, you know, like we're not going to get anything else. If you had to say right now, what was the best movie of 2020, what would it be?
7: I actually have three that I can't choose between right now, and I feel like I would need to like sit on it. But I really loved Birds of Prey, as if anyone who listened to the podcast review would know. Um, also, obviously have a lot of love for Emma. I've already watched it twice, but like, I think that the movie that I would probably watch most that has come out thus far this year is the sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before.
8: <laughs> Gosh. Oh, Lord. I would say my favorite is probably And Then We Danced. Mm.
5: Is that, is, but isn't that a movie for last year?
8: It was. This so it was um, It was a really? foreign language submission last year. premiered at film festivals last year, but it was released mm-hmm. here this year so it's one of those films that is like constantly like what year was this movie damn it but um it's the favorite movie that i would say was released in theaters this year okay all
2: i right, was right. We'll supposed go with to that. see that last week and then the movie theater closed and i don't know when i'll get to see it i'm sure it'll be available on streaming at some oh, point oh yeah yeah so uh my favorite this year overall of the six 2020 releases that i've seen My favorite is Onward, which I just found really beautiful and moving and, you know, gorgeously animated. I really like that. But then, you know, if we're talking, like, best performance, I loved Elizabeth Moss in The Invisible Man. And best documentary I've seen so far this year, Nicole, you're going to love this, was uh, Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix.
7: Yes!
2: Which is so well done and just examines this cultural figure from a whole new lens. And it's really worth watching, even if you've never heard a single one of her songs. It's just an interesting portrait into
7: this physically possible. I'm I was going to say, if you've never heard a Taylor Swift song, please come talk to me. I'd like to know how
2: you, and I have her. heard a Taylor Swift <laughs> song not for myself here, but if you just go in totally blind, you'll still find something to enjoy. And FYI, Taylor Swift was right. People. Okay.
5: She got her name cleared this week. Yes. Just she throw was. That out there. That.
7: I've been saying it since the day that first happened. And I feel so vindicated.
5: <laughs> Sweet justice all around. Honestly. Uh, I, I I actually struggled with this quite a lot, actually, because uh, there's really nothing that I saw um, that got a theatrical release, because there are things at Sundance that I would say definitely I'd be like, holy crap, this is like top tier, best of the year status, but I can't count those for this, so... The one movie that I kind of can, because it was the last, literally the last movie to play in theaters for like, what, two days before the theaters closed, would be Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I think that is probably um, my number one film of the year that was released so far in theaters, followed uh, closely behind uh, with, uh, I would say, you know, I got to say, The Invisible Man, you know, for a genre film was freaking fantastic, And Mm -hmm. for anyone that's getting a chance to catch up on it now, um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out for sure.
1: Mm. Well, uh, I would just like to say that I am very proud to be one of the literal dozens who saw The Lodge in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely loved that movie. I get it why it's polarizing for people and why some people absolutely hated it. But that basically was everything i wanted in a horror movie it's very atmospheric and moody and character driven and it just did everything that i love to see in those types of films so of the few things that i have seen in theaters this year that would probably be at the top of my list
5: you're not wrong josh you're not wrong (laughs) especially that opening scene too oh oh my god (laughs) insanity it's, like, interesting because, like, I, I, I want to, like, ask myself certain questions in regards to, like, well, if the Oscars were held today, I guess Onward would be winning animated film. Um, Elizabeth Moss would probably be winning actress. I think Kelly Reichhardt would be winning screenplay for First Cow, maybe? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what what world are we living in right now? It's pretty insane all around, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, would Wendy win cinematography?
7: Emma would win no, Yeah, yeah Emma, would,
9: would
7: Emma would release would both production it. and costume design.
0: Oh, hands down.
7: Netflix would, uh, Netflix would like
6: release a film like ten, would release like Mank right now, and then it'd be like, oh, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Yay. yeah. Would
7: ask Americana
9: for song yes. and documentary. But can there you, you go. imagine a world where Margot Robbie is campaigning for Harley Quinn? Uh, yeah, I think amazing, she should. Honestly. <laughs> It would be great.
5: Her performance as Harley Quinn is freaking awesome, or as they would yeah. say, fantabulous.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> All right, so that's this week's poll. Tell us what was the best movie of 2020 before the theaters closed down. We're obviously hoping that more movies uh, do get released throughout the rest of this year. Things are very uncertain right now, and that is a good segue actually here into our next segment in regards to how the coronavirus is continuing to impact the entertainment industry and what news we received uh, this week. So, for example... Uh, We got word that the Avatar sequels, uh, their filming has been indefinitely delayed uh, due to the coronavirus, which much like New Mutants, the Avatar sequels, I believe, are this far off thing that is it real? Is it not real? I don't know. But the amount of times this has just been pushed off is funny to me at this point. And it just better be worth it uh, in the end. Interestingly, though, interestingly, there was a little bit of discussion about from Warner Brothers in regards to Wonder Woman, uh, to Wonder Woman 1984, of whether or not they would go for a delayed theatrical release or directly to streaming, which is something that uh, NBC Universal did uh, by breaking their theatrical window and making their movies available uh, on demand immediately. So I think this is actually maybe one of our biggest talking points for this week. I want to get everyone's thoughts on You know, what should the studios be doing right now? And what kind of uh, impact will that have on the future of just theatrical releases in general? uh, Should a precedent be set?
7: I just think it's important, first of all, to recognize that there's a huge difference between taking the things that were already in the theater, like The Invisible Man and Emma, and putting those um, onto streaming, and taking a film that hasn't released yet and putting that straight to streaming. You know what I mean? Because people are trying to, like, equate them And I don't think that's the same thing at all.
8: I would agree with that.
7: And I also don't think that they would put movies on
9: streaming sites that have the potential to make a lot of money. Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. made a lot of money. And it's already made, it already had advertising. So the studio already spent money. So that's why I don't think, they have to be stupid to put it on streaming. I think Wonder Woman can totally make a billion dollars. So they just push it. This is why... Black Widow's Data still MIA. That's why No Time to Die move. That's why Fast and Furious move. Those guys aren't gonna end up on streaming sites because the studios already put money into advertising it and they know it has the potential to make a lot of money.
6: Yeah, I think for smaller films it it might be better, honestly, because mm. then New it's Mutants get a can lot go to Disney lot Disney Plus. Yeah, sure. But if you – I think I saw the Kumar – Kumal Johnny. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Issa Rae the Issa
5: Rae, the, lo- the lovebirds.
6: Yeah, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because I know for no other reason than the fact that I can't leave my house. I can go make some popcorn. I can watch it on a Friday night. It, it, uh, I think you're going to get more eyes viewing it. So for small – Well, for things, people
5: that aren't aware, uh, the lovebirds got acquired by Netflix this week essentially – um, after it was supposed to bow at uh, South by Southwest, which was canceled. So that was a movie that was never intended to be a Netflix film that Netflix is coming to the rescue of. And that, that's actually like a perfect type of film for Netflix, I think, you know, for them to be picking up and saving during this time.
6: Yeah, but what if it's like an amazing film and now it's going to get all these Golden Globe nominations and it's Kumail Munjani's like next, you know, writing nomination. It, you and, and then at least, you know, people are going to see it. And everyone in Hollywood's probably going to watch it because they've got nothing else to do with their time. Yeah, this might be what helps Netflix finally win Best Picture.
5: I mean, Netflix also has created a hundred million dollar fund to help creative uh, the creatives during uh, this time that have been affected by the coronavirus. So they're yeah. really stepping up in a very major way because their stock price has gone up. They're one of the companies that's benefiting so much from this. So it's good to see that they are taking um, action to still help out the filmmakers and the films that are having a harder time during this pandemic.
7: Yeah, it's really nice to see a bigger company like that actually stepping up. And I do think that that will go also hopefully a long ways in terms of, you know, earning them even more respect in the industry.
5: Uh, Another big uh, piece of news here is that Can is officially Can. Sold.
7: I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Or postponed,
5: whatever you want to call it. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to use a pun there. Mm Yes, mm -hmm. it'll still happen one day. Yeah, they announced it pretty much uh, a little bit earlier than uh, people were anticipating. But obviously, with how quickly things are happening at the moment, uh, it was now or never. And I, yeah, there's no way. I mean, I think we all knew that there was no way it was happening. But now the question is... Are we being optimistic with things like South by Southwest, Tribeca can uh, maybe being pushed to the summer or should we all just kind of brace ourselves for the summer uh, being, you know,
6: <laughs> just, this is it yet? Venice hasn't canceled it.
5: No, no. Well, Venice is all the way, like, at the end of August. I I don't mm. think they'll announce that. Maybe until we get to, like, maybe, say, June? July? June. I would say June
0: okay.
5: uh, is probably when we'll get an announcement on that, depending on how things are going by then. But this is the world we live in now. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very possible that the entire slate of movies that were supposed to come out this year uh, through the festivals um, are all going to be pushed off an entire year. Potentially.
1: Well, we'll have to see. I do feel like at some point festivals are going to have to reconsider just how they operate through the rest of the year. Because even if we get through the worst of it in the summer, which, you know, is touch and go. But even if we did, I don't think you can really operate it in the same way with having all of these people there. And. I can imagine that there's going to be something in place to maybe move a lot of these to digital screenings and make sure that you don't have so many people crowding up these places because I think there's still going to be uh, an alert about not wanting to make the situation even worse. And then,
5: I don't know if you guys saw it, but in The Hollywood Reporter, it was um, uh, reported this week that the Academy uh, is having now internal discussions about what they're going to do. And I guess the question then becomes... What do you think they are going to do?
2: No, it just depends on how long this lasts. You know, if we find that society is starting to revert back to normal around late summer, then, you know, it's like not really anything changes. And the movies that were delayed in March, April and May are, you know, probably going to be, you know, just scattered throughout the fall. So I don't think it's really going to shake up the Oscars too much unless we do see this going in just September, October and such.
9: oscars have they have time it's not it's okay to discuss it but i don't think they should be taking any measures until late summer they have so much time in my opinion
6: yeah i think they need to operate on a wait and see because i and i agree with that um it's much fun as like birds of prey it was how many films are released this time of year even up and through like july that are oscar contenders not many not
2: a lot Yeah, so they. I mean, there are a few on to... the calendar, but there's not
5: as visual... many as you'll see later in the year. Do little for best visual effects, people. Let's
8: go. <laughs> oh, God, no. Let's go. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Seriously <laughs> but
2: speaking, there's a, in June, you,
6: there's you have. Not a lot, there's not a lot of films that are going to be disturbed mm. by this, as far as like the big players are concerned. So it, it, I agree. If, it's, if we're back to quasi normal in October or November, then I think they don't need to panic.
5: It's going to be difficult, though, because there's a lot of movies that are actually in production right now that have had their filming delayed that were aiming for that later uh, release towards the end of year.
7: Right, like something like The Last Duel is definitely not happening in 2020 now. Right. Well, that was never going to happen anyways,
2: probably. (laughs) Well, that's Ridley Scott. He could do that in an afternoon. That's true. <laughs> That's
7: true. <laughs> Still, it, it was slated for December twenty fifth.
2: So. <laughs> no, I actually do think he's going to be able to pull that off because uh, all the money in the world didn't start shooting until July of twenty seventeen. That's true. Yeah. If so, you
6: pulls it know. Out, he's the best director, just mm-hmm. give. But, but I
2: think what you might see the academy do is if there are movies that are just delayed and can't, you know, finish by November December. Then maybe we see a world where the Oscars go to March and they just extend the deadline to maybe late January, early February. Yeah. Eligibility. I think we'll do. um, I think we'll do something fun
5: over the next uh, week or two because this is officially the end of Q1 of 2020, and we'll probably take like these movies that have already been released and people have seen, and we'll maybe do a a fun uh, community poll on uh, vote for the best actor, the best screenplay, the best. You know what I mean? Uh, That might be a little fun. So maybe we'll have our own little. um, uh, pre-Oscars uh, for 2020 ceremony just in case.
7: My Margot Robbie <laughs> campaign starts now. There you Ian go. Ewan McGregor yeah. for best supporting actor. Let's do Oh it. my
5: god, yes. <laughs> 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 Although my my supporting actor award goes to Hugh Grant for the gentleman just throwing that out there.
8: <laughs> that that's a good one, yeah.
5: Alrighty, so now uh, moving over to speaking of the community, the MVP Film Community Award winners for the 2010s. All right, everyone, brace yourselves. Lots of categories, lots of nominations. I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people saying that this was incredibly difficult for them to uh, pick winners for. What did you guys think? Was this really hard?
1: Yeah, it was really yeah. hard. Not my per category. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff to choose from.
5: Yeah, yeah. So we voted on these as well. Uh, this is uh, this is it. This is time to uh, reveal um, the winners here and kind of reflect back on the last uh, ten years of movie making because. What else do we have to do right now, right? Might as well. (laughs) Hi
3: guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the Movie Journey Podcast. Where we break down every movie from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way.
2: We're also home of the Pod V Pod, where we battle other podcasters in various movie
3: games and drafts. We also do reviews of new releases, film tournaments, top five lists, and talk about everything else we've watched as well. We used to be the IMDb Journey Podcast, but since then, we've grown and matured with age. Yeah, if you don't believe it, why don't you listen to some more genuine testimonies?
4: Oh, hey guys. I uh, I used to like the IMDb Journey podcast, but since then I've found something even better. It's the Movie Journey podcast.
3: Oi bro, I know I said the IMDb Journey podcast was a good show, but the Movie Journey podcast is so much better. Absolutely, for sure, yeah.
2: You know, I used to think that nothing
3: could be funnier than IMDb Journey, but I've now found my joy in
2: Movie
3: Journey Podcast. The IMDb Journey Podcast is nothing compared to the Movie Journey Podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. <laughs> Amazing testimonies once again. Absolutely legit and real. Of course. And if you still don't believe those testimonies, go ahead and check out the show for yourself by searching for the Movie Journey Podcast. You can find us on all your favourite platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Podbean.
5: So come along and join our journey. First category, Best Original Song. Nominees are Call Me By Your Name, Mystery Of Love, Coco, Remember Me, Frozen, Let It Go, The Greatest Showman, This Is Me, Inside Lewin Davis, please, Mr. Kennedy. Lala La Land, City of Stars, Moana, how far will I go? Selma, Glory, Skyfall, Skyfall, and A Star Is Born, Shallow. What well, do you guys think?
1: That um, is Shallow a good won. list. Yeah, but Shallow clearly won. <laughs> I
8: mm, I, would... I
7: was in charge of this. Please, Mr. Kennedy would win in a landslide. But...
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Let It Go is the most iconic song of the past.
9: Yeah, Yeah. I'm a slave to Dina Menzel, so I'll vote for her with anything.
5: (laughs) So normally I only announce a winner and a runner up, but because there's more uh, nominees for these than we typically do, I'm going to announce two runners up. So we'll have a bronze, a silver and a gold. (laughs)
0: Like
6: the Olympics might have had.
5: There you go. (laughs) So in third place for best original song of the decade. Oh, and just for the record, we had over uh, 1,400 votes overall for uh, these awards. So I want to just uh, say a quick thank you to the community for that. So
0: Yay! Nice. Mm-hmm.
5: in third place for best original song, it is Skyfall from Skyfall by Adele. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Second place. Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name.
7: Oh, so call one. me by your
1: name stands. They are always Love coming em. out. <laughs> yeah. They
7: have a Scott good works one hard, but out. The call me by your name stands work harder.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, uh, you guys correctly predicted it. It is shallow from A Star is Born. Uh. <laughs> I will admit, it is a good karaoke
2: banger, especially if you're doing it as a duet with somebody. It's fun. I like it. <laughs> I love it. By the way, I just want to say the one song that was truly snubbed from that list. No Mm. dames from Hail Caesar. (laughs) You would, Michael.
6: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, That should have earned Channing Tatum an Oscar nomination. He was so hilarious.
5: Best original score. 1917. Carol. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Gravity. The Hateful Eight. If Beale Street Could Talk. Inception. Interstellar. La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, Phantom Thread, and The Social Network.
8: Social Network. Oh, if Beale Street could talk, easily. If Beale Street could talk. Yeah. Oh, I'm Social
6: Network, girl. This... Yeah, I'm La La Social La Land. Network. It was yeah, the most I... innovative score of the decade, Social Network.
1: Okay. I think La La Land is probably going to win, but my vote would be for Interstellar.
8: That is a good one, too.
1: In third place... Nicholas Britell
5: for If Beale Street Could Talk. Fuck yes. yes. Second place, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for The Social Network.
6: They got robbed. Sorry. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and in first place, Justin Horowitz for La La Land. Nice. All right. Now we move over to best visual effects of the decade. A huge decade for visual effects. Damn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nominees are 1917, Blade Runner 2049, First Man, Gravity, Ex Machina, Inception, Interstellar, Life of Pi, Mad Max, Fury Road, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm. I think Gravity by far.
6: Inception.
5: Gravity definitely had that effect on me of like when I walked out of the movie theater, I remember like mentally just asking myself over and over and over again, how the hell did they do that? Yeah, I'm pulling for Planet of the Apes. Oh, that'll be awesome! If, if,
0: yeah,
5: I actually just rewatched uh, War. Uh, my roommate was watching, and I walked in on him, and I was just like, "God, Andy Serkis is incredible in this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's so well, good." Made my top ten.
5: Yeah. Alrighty. Third place, Josh Parm. Third place goes to Interstellar. Wow. Okay, I, mm. I can dig it. <laughs> yeah. Second place goes to Gravity. Nice. I I hmm, no mm. wonder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, first place, best visual effects of the decade is Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I had a feeling about that. Yeah. I think so. it's
6: just going to go to the most recent films. I don't
5: I don't I don't think so. Not necessarily. Uh but you know, then again, this is my first time seeing these uh winners as well, so I don't really know. <laughs> Alrighty, so now for best sound editing. Remember everyone, sound editing, the creation of sounds. Wanna just throw that out there. 1917, Arrival, Dunkirk, First Man, Ford v. Ferrari, Gravity, Inception, Interstellar, Mad Max Fury Road, and A Quiet Place. Arrival. Oh yeah, I would uh, love it if it's arrival. I would love that. Yeah.
6: But probably Mad Max.
1: hmm I mean, I voted for Mad Max, so.
5: <laughs> okay, third place here is arrival. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Good on you community for getting that up there. Second place ooh goes to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And first place is Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Shocking. Sure Gravity wasn't closer. I I think Gravity's sound mixing is more impressive than the sound editing, but I don't know.
1: What do you guys think? I think the sound work in Gravity is Mostly respected, but I feel like you walk away from that movie remembering the visuals more so than the sound. Maybe. Yeah.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, sound mixing nominees are almost similar, but there are some differences here. We have 1917, Arrival, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, First Man, Gravity, Inception, La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, and Whiplash.
2: First Man. I'm really surprised by the
5: lack of uh, A Star is Born there. I, I really think that Whiplash is going to do some damage here. I have a feeling.
8: I, first Man for me oh. all the way.
5: Yeah, First Man's uh, sound work was incredible and should have whooped Bohemian Rhapsody's ass I mean,
1: yeah. at the Oscars. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, mini movie should have done that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it was not nominated and it was not a Best Picture nominee. So as we know, that usually... Kills your chances.
5: Yeah, unfortunately. Alrighty. Sound mixing. Here we go. Uh oh. Fun times. Oh. We have a tie for third place. And it is a tie between La La Land and Baby Driver.
9: I love no, Baby Driver. Baby
7: Good. Driver. So deserving.
5: Number two. Runner up is Whiplash. And number one is Mad Max Fury Road.
6: Wow. One film swept the the sound categories. What a surprise. (laughs) (laughs)
5: It's like the Oscars all over again, right? Best makeup and hairstyling. We have Bombshell, Border, Dallas Buyers Club, Darkest Hour, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Guardians of the Galaxy, Les Miserables, Mad Max Fury Road, The Revenant, and vice
8: of an the list I'd, of that list. I'd probably give it to border. Honestly, oh, border. So good. Byers club.
5: I, yeah. Dallas buyers club. I, I don't, I mean, the cool thing about Dallas buyers club
1: is that they did that on such a minimal budget.
6: Like $300. Yeah.
1: It is good work, but I also have to say that while it might be a predictable choice, I do think that the entire world building of Mad Max is just, One of the most impressive things I've ever
8: seen.
5: Yeah, it's true. In third place for best makeup and hairstyling of the decade, we have Guardians of the Galaxy.
8: Oh, okay. I can dig that.
9: Yes,
6: comic fans.
5: Second place, Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel.
6: I love that movie. (laughs) I'm not upset about that at all.
5: Mm-hmm. And first place uh, with the biggest spread so far in votes uh, so far is Mad Max Fury Road. Overwhelmingly took 37.7% of the entire vote.
6: Yeah. I think we're going to see Pretty a Mad, Mad Max top. week like we did at the Oscars.
5: Maybe. Maybe maybe with just the tech categories. Because let me tell you yeah. some Competition in some of these uh, when we get like closer to it's above
2: insane. the line gets really intense. Yeah. You know, I just have to give a shout out. It wasn't nominated by us, but I do love the work in The Iron Lady. Really? Oh, my God. The transformation <laughs> there? I don't like the movie, but I think her transformation was outstanding. Yeah.
8: The old age work is really good. But half of that is Meryl. Like, yeah. Half of that is just her acting.
2: <laughs> Again, bad movie, but just from a pure makeup standpoint, absolutely. I, I think that was one of the best of the decade. Costume design. Nominees are Black Panther, Carol,
5: yes. The Favorite, mm-hmm. The Grand Budapest Hotel, the Great Gatsby, Jackie, Little Women, Mad Max Fury Road,
2: Phantom Thread, and The Shape of Water. That's a really strong lineup. I'm going to take Carol all the way. The Shape of Water is
6: just a mm-hmm.
5: I think with The Shape of Water, it's because the uh, the fish uh, monster, you know, look uh, yeah, is a costume. That was
8: a costume, yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. yeah. I, I think Black Panther's taking this, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling it's Black Panther. Oh yeah, that was. All right, let's take a look. Let's see. Uh, third place goes to The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah.
0: Ooh,
6: okay.
5: Those are stunning. <laughs> Second place goes to Phantom Thread.
6: That makes sense. It's a movie about costumes. <laughs> yeah.
5: It's got thread in the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then first place, Black Panther with 27% of the vote. Well, nice. It's
9: I will just have to say that I do think it's also important to acknowledge contemporary costumes. And I will say that Blake Lively's, all of her yes. outfits in a simple oh, favor God, yes. are amazing. And I want all of them. Yeah.
7: So
8: yes. And the, the contrast between like
7: her costumes and Anna Kendrick's costumes. They're oh, fantastic yeah. costumes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like,
8: Let's talk see. about the costumes for character, like how the costumes reveal character. And that yeah. is just like, ah, it's amazing.
9: We should nominate contemporary costumes. Pass it on. Yes.
7: <laughs> knives out.
5: Yeah. Yeah, seriously, Knives Out of all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did anything else have a bigger impact on fashion trends this year than Chris mm-hmm. Evans's sweater? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Best production design. Blade Runner 2049, The Favourite, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Her, Inception, La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Parasite, Roma, and the Shape of Water.
2: For reasons, I almost think you have to have a tie. You almost need a tie between the Grand Budapest Hotel and Mad Max. Her is the most brilliant production design.
8: Retweet. Like, I uh, I can't even. That movie is so freaking gorgeous. <laughs> I, I love voted for Inception.
6: Budapest Hotel.
5: I think Inception's got pretty good production design, yeah. I think it deserved to win that year. Uh, Over uh, Alice in Wonderland.
1: Oh, yeah. I think the production design in Inception is incredible and also is weaved into the actual narrative of the movie.
5: Yeah. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Oh, man. It was really, really close for third place here. But let's see. uh, Okay. Third place goes to Parasite. Mm. Second place goes to Mad Max Fury Road. And the winner for Best Production Design of the Decade is the Grand Budapest Hotel, with 29% of the vote.
8: It's hard to argue
1: with that.
5: Awesome. Grand Budapest getting a lot of love here.
1: Well, in the text, yeah.
5: Best Film Editing. Uh, We have Arrival, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, Gravity, The Irishman, La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, Parasite, The Social Network, and Whiplash.
1: Now, what lost to Mad Max? (laughs)
8: I, I love all these movies, but like Mad Max and Baby Driver are on a whole other level in terms of. Oh, editing. I would say either
6: Whiplash or The Social Network. I think those are the flashiest of edited films.
5: All right. Let's see.
6: Whiplash's final 20 minutes deserves all the Oscars at it once.
5: <laughs> it's true. OK, here we go. Third place goes to Whiplash. Mm -hmm.
6: All right. Deserved higher.
5: Second place. What do we have in second place here? Ooh. Second place goes to Parasite. Ooh. Okay. Recency
8: bias for the win.
5: And first place, with not a huge blowout, FYI, because votes were pretty spread out, uh, first place does go to Mad Max Fury Road, which, I mean, like Dan said, it's one of the best edited films of all time.
9: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just
5: can't argue with it uh cinematography this is a tough list my god oh i don't even know where to begin here 1917 arrival blade runner 2049 birdman inception la la land the lighthouse mad max fury road moonlight the revenant roma and the tree of life my lord
6: tree of life is
8: still the most beautiful film of this decade
1: the revenant
8: revenant's pretty good Mm
1: I think I went with Roma for this one.
9: I mean, they're all so amazing, but, like, it is obviously the Tree of Life. But again, they're all so amazing. Mm
5: -hmm. Third place is La La Land. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Second place is 1917.
8: Heck yeah. Okay.
5: And first place with 24% of the vote is Deacons again with Blade Runner 2049.
6: We love Deacons.
8: Justice for Chivo. <laughs> How, yeah, where
5: is Tree of... Oh, Tree of Life was in fourth place. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is the category that hurt me the most. Best original screenplay of oh, the decade.
8: No.
0: Help.
5: We have Birdman, The Favorite, Get Out, Her, Inception, Knives Out, Manchester by the Sea, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Spotlight. That's pretty her in
8: the favorite. Her, yes, yeah. For it's me, hard. <laughs> trying to choose
7: between Marriage Story and Knives Out like hurts me because it's like the two different sides of my personality at war. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that the favorite needs
9: um, revenge from what had happened at Oscar night.
7: Yes, mm.
9: just
6: saying. I do love Inception though. I, like I love
1: Parasite.
5: Third place, Lauren. You got your revenge. Good. The favorite.
6: Yes.
9: Thank you, community.
5: <laughs> Second place goes to Spike Jones for her. Yes.
9: <gasps> oh, oh God. God yes. yes. Oh
8: fuck. Yes.
9: You guys made me so happy this morning. Oh,
8: God, that movie is so fucking special. I'm so
5: happy. First place, recency bias, or is it really the best? Parasite. It's really the best. It's both. Recent.
9: <laughs>
5: little little split <laughs> opinion there. Okay, well, let's uh, let's keep it going. Let's see what happens with Adapted Screenplay. We have 12 Years a Slave, Arrival, Call Me By Your Name, Gone Girl,
6: winner.
5: Lincoln, Little Women, Moneyball, Moonlight, The Social Network, and The Wolf of Wall Street.
7: Call Moonlight. Me By Your Name. No one will ever guess what I'm rooting for here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
9: I'm in love with Aaron Sork, and so, again, I follow that man to the ends of the earth.
1: Yeah, for me, yeah, it's pretty I, easy I, that it's but, social network.
6: I mean, I, it should be the social network, but I think Call Me By Your Name fans are going to push it over the top.
8: Moonlight all the way. That movie is is perfect. Third place is Moonlight. Yes.
5: <laughs> Second place, Call Me By Your Name.
7: Oh, my Timothy people delivered. Mm-hmm.
5: First place with 32% of the vote goes to Aaron Sorkin for The Social
7: Network. Community,
6: I love you. (laughs) The right film won.
5: And Justice for Gone Girl, which came in fourth place, I'll just say. Yeah, that was... Should have been the adapted screenplay winner of 2014.
6: That movie was so incredible.
5: Best debut director. Ari Aster for Hereditary. Bo Burnham for Eighth Grade. Ryan Kugler for Fruitvale Station. Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. Robert Eggers for The Witch. Oh. Alex Garland for Ex Machina. Oh, Dan Gilroy for Nightcrawler. Jordan Peele for Get Out. Olivia Wilde for Book Smart. And Ben Zeitlin for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh my
8: God, mm. this is so hard! Yeah, <laughs> this is the Cooper. hardest category. Uh, I'll go I'm Brian going with Coogler. Bradley Cooper. Ben I love these so much. It's so, it's so special.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: It's tough between that and uh, Bo Burnham for eighth grade, though, because that is also uh, special. Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I feel like Ryan Coogler delivered after his uh, debut performance. So I'm going to say Ryan Coogler.
5: Third place goes to Ari Aster for Hereditary. OK, yeah, that makes
9: sense.
5: Second place. Maybe it's time I let the old ways die. No. Goes to Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born. <laughs> and first place, with 30% of the vote goes to Jordan Peele for Get Out.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: It's tough to argue with that. That's breakout performance of the decade. <sighs> Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Might as well you stop
7: here right now. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Lucas stop. Hedges from Manchester by the Sea. Aw. Oh. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Brie Larson for Short Term 12. Jennifer Lawrence, Winner's Bone. Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Florence Pugh for Midsummer, Margot Robbie for The Wolf of Wall Street. Jacob Tremblay for Room. And Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. This
9: is such All a right, good set of people. God. Yeah. Jacob and Tremblay Leo was knows. perfect in Room.
8: Jacob Tremblay was so good. Should have been
6: nominated. Yes. Remember when Jennifer Lawrence wasn't annoying?
8: <laughs> I, seriously, she is amazing in Winter's Bone. I like, know, in her I performance. love
6: her in Winter's Bone.
8: Um, and I don't
2: think she's annoying. It, I think she's wonderful.
6: Well, I just find Jennifer. all of her movies, is like she's just playing these characters who are way too old for her now. But.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: That's with
9: every actress in Hollywood.
8: It's true.
6: It's so
9: annoying, but yeah.
8: Alright,
5: third place goes to Florence Pugh for Midsummer.
7: Yay!
5: That's not for little women, Nicole.
7: I know, but I love her. Well,
1: and I it's watched, also
7: I watched that movie for her. Okay. I was gonna
5: it's say I, I, I wanna like throw some shade at the community for this. Lady yeah. Macbeth is Florence Pugh's breakthrough role. All right.
8: Oh awesome. Better in that than in Midsummer, which is saying something.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, she deserved the Oscar, I think, for Little Women. Better's best performance now is her Instagram live series where she cooks. Oh,
7: oh my god! Oh, my god. Oh,
8: my god. Yes.
7: <laughs> Second place enjoy, watch them. <laughs>
5: goes to Lapita Nyong'o for Twelve Years a Slave. Yay!
7: Next oh summer. yeah!
5: Um, oh yeah! First place with thirty-four percent of the vote is Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. Yeah.
1: Yay! Yeah. And look, we make fun of the stands, but I mean, come on. It's sort of hard to argue about a breakthrough for Chalamet with that movie. He he deserves
5: this. Best voice performance of the decade. We have Will Arnett for the Lego Batman movie. Josh Brolin for (laughs) Avengers Infinity War. Tom Hanks for Toy Story 3. By the way, I'm hoping that Tom Hanks is getting better. It seems like uh, things are progressing for him and Rita Wilson right now, which is really nice. Scarlett Johansson for her. Idina Menzel for Frozen, Shamik Moore for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Tom Noonan for Anomalisa, Amy Poehler for Inside Out, Andy Serkis for War for the Planet of the Apes, Phyllis Smith for Inside Out, and Ben Whishaw for Paddington 2.
8: I love hey. all of these, but like I think that Will Arnett is the most inspired.
9: <laughs> Scarlett like Johansson. Yeah, in case you forgot, of- high and I do think that this is Scarlett okay. Johansson's best performance.
5: This is maybe my favorite set of winners so far. Mm. Third place goes to Ben Wishaw for Paddington okay. 2.
7: Okay. Well,
1: obviously, you
5: know Yay! my favorite. So.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I love that voice performance.
5: Second place goes to Andy Serkis for War for the Planet of the Apes. And with 34% of the vote, it wasn't even close. Scarlett Johansson for her.
1: Good girl. <laughs> I just want to say before we move on from this category that Tom Noonan in Anomalisa is not only my personal pick for a supporting actor in 2015, he is my personal pick for my favorite supporting actor of the decade. So wow. I just want to shout that out.
5: If you guys have not seen Anomalisa yet, highly recommend checking that out.
1: Oh, yeah. And I really think that his work in it is just so incredible because he has to do this very difficult thing of sounding like having all his characters sound the same but different at the same time at i don't know how he was able to do it and i am amazed every time i watch that movie best youth performance of the decade
5: we have Eller coltrane for boyhood elsie fisher for eighth grade roman griffin davis for jojo rabbit noah God. jupe for a honey boy daphne keen for logan Thomas and Mackenzie for Leave No Trace. Brooklyn Prince for The Florida Project. Oh, God. Haley Steinfeld for True Grit. Jacob Tremblay for Room. And Quivenjene Wallace for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yes!
9: This is so the
7: correct hard. answer is Jacob Tremblay.
8: The correct answer is Elsie Fisher.
7: The correct answer is any of them because I love them it's all. It's
8: true, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is
1: such a tough <laughs> so category. Good. Yeah, it was so really I, hard for me not to vote for Jacob Trombley, but I had to give it to Haley Steinfeld. But like I will her say
9: her Daphne King killed it and Logan.
6: Yeah, I love All right, guys. Her.
5: This was uh, very tough, very, very close. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with whoever would win this one because this is just, this is incredible.
1: Yeah.
5: Third place goes to Elsie Fisher for Eighth Grade. Mm. Yes. Second place goes to Roman Griffin Davis for JoJo Rabbit.
0: Yay. What a cute Oh, oh yes. tiny dude.
9: So so
5: and with 21% of the vote, Jacob Tremblay for Room wins yeah. best youth performance of the decade. Damn. And
9: I will just say, I recently rewatched The Impossible. I have no idea how old Tom Holland was, but boy, that kid was great. <laughs> so yes, good. Yes, so completely good. agreed.
8: <laughs> Everyone in that movie is actually really good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Honestly.
5: Uh, Best Supporting Actor of the Decade, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Christian Bale for The Fighter, Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, yes. Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master, Song Kang Ho for Parasite, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri and
2: J.K. Simmons in Whiplash.
9: You know, I love, I love a lot of them. So a lot I of good like choices so hard,
2: there, but my favorite, my favorite was left off the list, and that is uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Lincoln.
7: Yeah, oh, so, so good. Great. My but choice would, would have to be our friend Richard E. Grant. I love yeah. Richard E.
8: Grant, that movie, so much. Yes, friend of the site, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: it's hard for Christian Bale
6: and J.K. Simmons, because I loved... They're such big performances.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with J.K. of that bunch. Mm. Yeah, I think I think J.K.
5: is gonna run away with this. Um, that 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 performance has such a huge impact on people every time they watch it. Oh, Matt, this will make you happy. <laughs> I voted for the oh, one note. Uh, no, not no. one note. <laughs> think about the scene where he talks about the former student to the class. Come on, we're gonna rewatch that movie for our 2014 retrospective, Dan, and I will prove you wrong.
8: I'm kidding. All right, here we go. Partially.
5: Third place. Oh, ah! oh! oh my oh, God. Oh, sorry. Third place goes to Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Yes! <laughs>
0: That's <laughs>
5: what i <I'm looking> for.
0: <laughs> Fuck yes.
5: Ah! Second place goes to Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Oh, moonlight. Sorry. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> green Book's a better performance. Matthew, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, Michael, but the controversial opinion. No, it is for Moonlight. To clear the air. First place, with 34.4% of the vote, is J.K. Simmons for Whiplash.
7: I'm shocked.
5: <laughs> Best Supporting Actress of the Decade. Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, Viola Davis in Fences, Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables, Allison Janney, I.Tanya, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, Lupita Nyong'o, 12 Years a Slave, Emma Stone in The Favorite, Alicia Vikander, Ex Machina, and Michelle Williams from Manchester by the Sea, oh. Viola Davis.
6: Emma's She's lead, not supporting. <laughs> this is, this is Michelle so and She's supporting.
8: Yeah, see, Emma and Viola are leads, so I, um, I would love to nominated her I was gonna say it. The community voted.
5: How the community voted. I, I you know, it, all we can do is educate, right?
6: <laughs> yes, I would love. So for this we are we're Lord educating. Yes,
9: yeah, the supporting actress of the favorite is Rachel Vice. <laughs>
6: True.
5: Yeah. Okay, let's take a look here. Ooh, very close. Wow, super close. That's
6: for Laurie Metcalf.
5: Oh my gosh. What? Wow. No, it's just so close. The vote. Can you give us the top five? No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
9: Damn.
5: Third place is Viola Davis in Fences.
9: Not a supporting actress.
5: Uh, but still the best.
7: But we love her.
5: Second place, Laurie Metcalf in yes! Lady Bird. Yay! Always a bridesmaid, though. Come on. First place, Lupita Nyong'o, twelve yes! years of slave. Okay, I won't argue with that.
8: The true supporting performance. True.
2: So uh, who I voted for, Macbeth. First, her play closes yesterday, and now. Oh, I know. Award. <laughs> this is so sad. That woman deserves better. Best actor
5: of the decade: Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea; Timothy Chalamet, Call Me by Your Name; Yay. Bradley Cooper, A Star Is Born. Daniel Day-Lewis, Lincoln. Leonardo DiCaprio, The Wolf of Wall Street. Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Yay! Michael Fassbender for Shame. Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler. Ethan Hawke, First Reformed. Michael Keaton for Birdman. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Joaquin Phoenix for The Master. Wow. And Denzel Washington for Fences. That is a stellar,
7: stellar lineup. Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) I can't believe I have to choose between my love for Adam Driver and Timothy Chalamet's performances here.
2: <laughs> it should be Daniel Day-Lewis, in my opinion. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> I think it should be Joaquin Phoenix.
5: For the master, FYI. Okay, Okay.
7: okay I was like, hold uh, on. <laughs> <domination>. Yeah,
1: <laughs> thank you for that clarification.
5: <laughs> Third place goes to Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Ew. Second place goes to Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name.
0: My son. Ugh.
5: <laughs> First place. Actor of the decade goes to Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born.
6: Now, if you said Silver Linings Playbook, I'd agree with it, but I actually do
5: think his best performance is A Star Is Born.
2: I really do. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's done amazing amazing work this decade. I would give him the win for A Star Is Born and years prior for American Hustle.
5: And you know what? If you want to look at this as just in terms of work of the decade in general, you know what I mean? Like, Bradley Cooper had an amazing decade, you know, when you look back on it. Absolutely, he did.
8: He absolutely did. But, like, it, and it's a great performance, but best of the decade? Yeah. Dan,
1: just be glad it wasn't Joaquin for yeah, Joker. Yeah,
7: true. True. <laughs> I, I'll that's what, what I'm for.
8: Like, wow. Okay. I'm,
5: I'm actually a little surprised by this, too, because – um, yeah, I'm looking at votes for, like, ones that I think are objectively, like, the best, like Daniel Day-Lewis and Lincoln or Joaquin and the Master. Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street has tremendous amount of range yeah. that actors dream of, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, okay. Actress time, people. Oh, boy. Oh, here we, here go. we go. Amy Adams in Arrival. Cate Blanchett, Blue Jasmine. Tony Collette, Hereditary. Olivia Coleman The Favourite. Brie Larson for Room, Frances McDormand three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Lupita Nyong'o for Us, Rosman Pike for Gone Girl, mm. Natalie Portman for Black Swan, Margot Robbie I Tanya, and Saoirse Ronan for Ladybird. This
8: feels it's like a Natalie Portman. Don't make me choose. It's Natalie Portman. <laughs> I can't do it. No, Natalie, Natalie Portman's Portman for the wrong. Natalie Portman opinion. or Olivia Coleman. Natalie Portman for Jackie.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Ugh.
8: Oh. I think my vote might be on Margot Robbie, actually.
2: Kate Blanchett.
8: Yeah,
2: I. Yeah, yeah. Would be Blanchett. my
8: third. Or or Lupita. Oh God. Or her Tony galette Oh God. I can't. Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Don't make me. Third
5: place is Rosman Pike for Gong Girl.
9: Good. Okay. That's nice. Okay. Fine.
5: Second place is Tony Collette for Hereditary.
8: Uh, Fuck yes. I'm <laughs> Fuck yes.
5: <laughs> I'm just as shocked as you guys are right now. And first place is Natalie Portman for Black Swan. Yay.
9: I can live
2: with that, though. I wanted Kate to rank higher. Wow! I, I like will say,
6: commentate.
2: though. I'm genuinely shocked.
9: With the amount of work that she did this decade, Amy Adams is the actress of the decade. Just like with a slew of her stuff, that girl killed it.
5: I mean, it's really, really tough. I mean, because you have her, you got Nicole Kidman, you got Kate Blanchett. I mean, it's... Set up for Lauren. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, just... How how do you... Where do you even begin, right? That's why, like... I think these are fun, but I don't take them so seriously because at the end of the day, it's like... I think if you just got even in the, in the nomination aspect of this year, like, you've already won as far as I'm concerned, you know? There's just so much high-quality stuff to choose from. It's ridiculous. There's not enough Carol in these awards. Kate should have been there twice. Best Ensemble of the Decade. American Hustle, Birdman, Bridesmaids, The Favorite, Knives Out, Moonlight, Parasite, Spotlight, Three Billboards
8: Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Widows.
6: I'm so glad uh, Widows. Oh,
8: my God. So much great ensemble work this decade. No Ladybird?
6: I'm surprised hidden figures didn't get in this list. Or Lincoln.
5: <laughs> yeah, Lincoln is like a who's who of like <laughs> just like everybody's That's in that true. movie. Yeah. Lincoln is like Stryker SAG AFTRA the whole <laughs> roster. All right, let's take a look here. Let's see what one uh what won here. Uh third place goes to Wow. Somebody tell Ryan C. Showers he has to listen to this episode. <laughs> American Hustle.
8: Fuck yes.
6: Oh, that's a great That's ensemble. a good ensemble. It really is.
5: Second place. Ryan Johnson's knives out. Should have wow. been nominated oh,
6: yeah. at the, the oh, yeah. SAG awards. <laughs> yeah.
5: Agreed. But would it have defeated the winner, Parasite? No. <laughs> Already.
8: Oh wait, what? Well, I agree with that. Wait, is that actually the winner? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, uh,
1: Parasite won. <laughs> wow. Okay. Which I agree with. I think that that is the definition of a really great ensemble, where every single person is not only great individually, but they work so well together.
5: I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, best director of the decade, Paul Thomas Anderson for The Master, Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. (laughs) David Fincher for Social Network. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Sam Mendes, 1917. George Miller, Mad Max Fury Road. Christopher Nolan for Inception. Jordan Peele for Get Out. Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. And Denny
2: Villeneuve for Arrival. I would love to see a tie between Damien chazelle and george miller
6: i'm surprised your didn't make the list but um,
5: i
8: think his movies are way too divisive yeah, amongst people
6: yeah. I- i'm gonna go with the social network
8: I- i'm missing L- your girl's lanthimos for anything in this category i mm-hmm.
1: uh
5: ditto dan i love his work on the favorite so much and the lobster too fuck it killing a sacred deer while we're at it all right <laughs> here we go uh third place damien chazelle for la la land yes yes Second place, George Miller, Mad Max Fury Rose. Second place. Wow. wow. First place.
1: It. Wow.
8: Bong. Bong Hai.
1: Bong Jun Ho. <laughs> for Parasite.
8: I thought George Miller had that wrapped up. Wow. Me too. Mm-hmm. Soups in at the last second. Parasite is the Christmas release of this decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's the million dollar baby of the (laughs) MVP awards.
5: (laughs) Here is uh, what is probably my favorite set of nominees. And I genuinely have no idea what's going to win this Best Overlooked Film of the Decade American Honey, Columbus, The Edge of 17, The End of the Tour, Madeline's Madeline, Margaret, The Place Beyond the Pines, The Rider. Short Term 12, Sing Street, Support the Girls, Suspiria, Swiss Army Man, Waves, and You Were Never Really Here. Guys,
2: please, 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 little... let it be Margaret. Oh,
5: I'd be so happy.
9: I love Margaret.
5: <laughs> I would be so happy.
9: I'm patiently waiting <laughs> for Anna Paquin and Kenny Lon are going to do another nice. project together.
8: I, I kept it inside, but I let out the biggest gay gasp you have ever heard when you said Sing Street. <laughs> I love
0: that
5: movie so much. <sighs> wow! Wow! This is um, this is pretty insane. This is the most uh, competitive um, poll so far. This is wild, guys. Here we go. Wow. Okay. Third place goes to Sing Street. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Second place goes to You Were Never Really Here. And for first place, believe it or not, there is a tie.
9: What?
5: Yep. The tie is between Short Term 12.
6: Good. Yeah, I like that movie.
5: And Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria. <gasps>
2: <Fuck yes>!
6: Wow. <laughs>
8: Justice yes! for Genie Berlin. Oh my god. Oh my god, you guys do have no idea how happy I am right now.
5: <laughs> oh man, best sci-fi horror film of the decade. Nominees are Ad Astra, Annihilation, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Ex Machina, Get Out, Gravity, Hereditary, Inception, The Lighthouse, Midsummer, Under the Skin, and The Witch.
8: Under the Skin, oh my god, yes. Okay, wow.
5: Once again, very competitive here. Uh, third place. Her is sci fi? Is it? I, guess, I mean, I suppose, right? It but. Is. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not here. So, third place goes to Arrival. Second place goes to Get Out.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And first place is Inception. Nice.
6: Okay. That's good for them for picking something a little not in the last three years. So.
5: Yeah. Best comedy film: Twenty One Jump Street, The Big Sick, Birdman, Booksmart, Bridesmaids, Eighth Grade, The Favorite, Grand Budapest Hotel. Ladybird, Ted, and The Wolf of Wall Street.
8: I'm sorry, 8th grade is not very funny. <laughs> I mean, it I is am, not a comedy.
7: I'm so glad that The Big Sick made it onto this list. I love The Big Sick. Mm. The favorite is very funny.
8: Favorite is very
9: funny.
5: The favorite is hysterical. Mm-hmm. And the favorite is also the third place winner.
9: Good. <laughs> Second
5: place is Lady Bird.
7: Yay! Uh,
5: and first place is the Grand Budapest Hotel.
7: Hell yeah, sir Sharona. Uh.
5: <laughs> uh, best action film of the decade. Mad Max Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, and Mad Max Fury Road. Um, all the films that we'll probably lose to Mad Max Fury Road, I haven't even looked at the results yet, are 1917, Avengers Endgame, ba- uh, Baby Driver, Drive, Dunkirk, Edge of Tomorrow, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, Mad Max Fury Road, Mission Impossible Fallout, The Raid Redemption, Skyfall, and Snowpiercer.
8: I love Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is great too. Edge of Tomorrow is genius. Snowpiercer
6: is on Netflix at the Bong Joon-ho movie, so if you're like, he made Parasite and you want (laughs) to see another one of his films, I highly recommend it.
8: It's great.
6: Octavia Spencer, Tilda Swinton.
8: Oh, Tilda. Chris Evans. Evans. Awesome movie. (laughs) Chris
6: Evans should have won Best Actor for that film.
5: Third place. 1917.
6: Yay.
7: Okay.
5: Nice. Second place. Avengers Endgame.
7: (laughs) Okay. All right. I I mean, I can understand how that happened.
1: (laughs)
5: Yeah. Uh, Biggest blowout 41.7% of the vote Mad Max
8: Fury Road. (laughs) yeah i mean it's like that's the choice (laughs) yeah
6: we We can move on
8: some of these categorizations are very strange to me but okay oh yeah there's like
1: three or four of those movies i wouldn't call action,
8: but okay i love drive but that's not an action movie and that's why i got an f cinema score like
1: (laughs) i mean honestly i don't think 1917 is an action movie either
6: no, Not in the way you would describe an action movie. There's yeah. action in the film. But I, I, right. mean, I think of an action film as like a different... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it exactly. Ryan, an action film yeah. either. Right.
5: Yeah. So. Uh, this international feature film. Amore, hmm. Burning, Cold War, The Handmaiden, <gasps> The Hunt, Incendies, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Roma, A Separation... Shoplifters, and Son of
8: Saul.
6: So Parasite, oh, Roma, okay. and Amor. Those are my uh, three. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, maybe.
8: Yeah, yeah. I voted yeah. for Portrait. is so good.
6: Amor was a while ago, so it could have
8: been. Portrait I
9: can
6: get, definitely get in there.
8: Yeah.
5: Uh, third place is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. There we go. Second place is Roma. No and we have a new uh, spread. Uh, 56.9% of the vote
8: yeah. for Parasite. Damn, <laughs> I mean, not shocking that? at all. I, That's recency cool. bias, recency bias.
1: Well, recency bias, but it's also the only movie in this list that actually won Best Picture at the Oscars. Like, it's,
8: it's to me,
1: clearly the one that was going to win. <laughs> I mean, yes, but...
5: <laughs> Best Documentary Film of the Decade. 13th. The Act of Killing. Amy. Apollo 11. Citizen Four. Exit Through the Gift Shop. Free Solo. Chain. Life Itself, Minding the Gap, O.J. Made in America, and Won't You Be My Neighbor.
8: O.J. Ew, gross. No, TV.
5: (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but this was the one I had the hardest time
1: choosing. (laughs) I love
8: the 13th, though. After the act of killing, it was very difficult to choose.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of good movies here, but I got to stick up for Minding the Gap. It's my favorite movie of 2018. Minding the Gap is good. Third
5: place goes to O.J. Made in America.
8: Gross TV. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Second place goes to Mr. Rogers himself. Won't you be my neighbor? Yay. Yay. First place goes to the first documentary
8: I ever saw in a movie theater. Free solo. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the cinematography and that is. Just-
5: yeah. I, you know, it, we J- Josh and I talk about this a lot because we were surprised when it won the um uh, the weekly poll for best Oscar winner of the decade in that category as well. And um, I, it, it, it's like, yeah, in terms of cinematic, you know, NIS, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Free Solo makes sense, I guess. So. Yeah, well, but you know what? I also feel like Free Solo was one of the few times this decade where a documentary winner actually kind of had real box office success. And I feel like it had a life outside of just the one category.
5: yeah. yeah. Ooh man, best animated film of the decade. Holy shit! Uh, we have *Anomalisa*, *Coco*, *Frozen*, *How to Train Your Dragon*, *Inside Out*, *Isle of Dogs*, *The Lego Movie*, *Moana*, *Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse*, *Toy Story 3*, *Wreck-It Ralph*, *Your Name*, and *Zootopia*.
8: Toy oh Story wow! Three. Yeah. yeah. And,
6: Rose, frozen. Frozen and Frozen. And How to Train Your Dragon. And How to Train Your Dragon.
5: Can we do like what they did with uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and just make these little tiny mini Oscars and just give it to all of them?
8: <laughs> yes.
5: Third place goes to Toy Story 3. Okay. Cool. Love that Second idea. place goes to Inside Out.
8: Yeah. That's a And very
5: first place with 24% of the vote is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Exactly.
7: Yep. what I would have predicted. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Not surprising at all. And now we come to Best Picture of the Decade. Oh, God. Nominees are 12 Years a Slave, Arrival, Birdman, Boyhood, Call Me By Your Name, The Favorite, Get Out, Her, Inception, Inside Lewin Davis, Lady Bird, La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, The Master, Moonlight, Parasite, Roma, The Social Network whiplash and the wolf of wall street
8: i am so (laughs) glad inside lewin davis is on this list yeah did that get any nominations elsewhere for the song all right for the song that's it damn it pulled a selma
7: hell yeah
8: i'm so happy that her is on that list y'all i rewatched that movie last week and god it's so it's so, so fucking special okay guys i'm gonna do a top five for this Uh,
5: Let me just make sure I got this tallied right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Fifth place is the social network. Fourth place is Mad Max Fury Road. Wow. Third place and second place difference of one vote. Wow. (sighs) Huh. Guys, I don't know if this is just like this is something that's just like just meant to be forever. Because like I said, difference of one vote. Third place is Moonlight, and second place is La La Land. Oh my
9: God. You can't make this shit up.
5: <laughs> it's wild. Wow. Linked forever. Oh, my God. And the winner for the best film of the decade with 15% of the vote, it was close, is Parasite.
8: Yeah. yeah. Recency bias. Recency bias. It's also a mm-hmm. great movie people
1: love that movie though
8: yeah it's great
1: the best of the decade uh,
9: I, I, once right again I,
5: I would I would say that this is so so subjective to the point that it's just yeah you know what I mean it's like how can you? I, like, we're doing this for fun at the end of the day, right? And because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we need to pass some time.
1: <laughs> I think also just consider, like, had you ever really seen a movie that seemed to have so much universal love like Parasite had last year? I, I would, I don't know. It To me, seems very logical that it ended up placing that high to me.
5: Like living in the time of the love of Parasite is what it must have felt like to be alive during the time when like The Godfather came out or something. You know what I mean?
1: What I
6: will say is as far as Best Picture winners are concerned during this ranked ballot, I think it is the film that probably won with one vote, with one round of voting.
5: Oh, I would not be surprised by that.
6: I think all the other Best Picture winners probably had to go two or three rounds at least. I think Parasite. Probably after the first round of voting, the accounts were like, yes, we have a Best Picture winner.
5: Thank you so much, everyone, for voting on the MVP Film Community Awards uh, for the 2010s. And uh, we really, really appreciate all of the interaction you guys give us all the time with the polls, your suggestions, your feedback. It really does mean a lot. And now to continue that trend, we are going to be accepting your questions now live here on the air. So you could call in right now. And uh, ask us anything you want. And we're all here to uh, provide some answers, hopefully. So the phones are open.
8: Here we Wee. go. Like a radio so show. So somebody
7: ask your social
6: security number, Matt. Are you going to give it to him?
8: No. No. <laughs>
6: Hey everyone,
5: I'm Jason, and I'm Lee, and we are the Atlantic Screen Connection podcast. We look to take a magnifying glass
9: to the films you love with a warm atmosphere and a good laugh. New releases, retrospectives, and absolute classics
1: all reassessed and reviewed. Check out the ASC podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, or keep in the loop on Twitter by following me at film underscore faculty or Lee at big Pick reviews. That counts as a promo, right? Right. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll cut here. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Welcome to
5: the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. All right, who do we have here?
6: Hello, it's Amy. Hey, Amy. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm all right.
5: Good, good. Uh, do you have a question for us?
6: Uh, yes. Yeah, so we all know video on demand is booming right now. We've gotten the news of Little Women coming out. My question is which film of the past three months would you like to come out on video on demand and which one would you buy?
8: Ooh! Ooh. Mm. I I would really like it if um if the lodge came out soon because I missed that when it was in theaters and I've only heard good things.
5: Um, I would say Kelly Reichardt's uh, first Cow. I was,
8: I was looking forward to, to
5: that. Yeah, and uh, Eliza Hitman's uh, Never Really Sometimes Always because those were yeah. two films that are really good female directors, small movies that need our support and. They need it now more than ever.
9: Um, yeah. I, really you said. That. I want to see Promising Young Woman.
5: Yeah. Oh, my God. I want you all to see that.
9: <laughs> I want to see it so badly.
6: Same. Mm-hmm. Still
5: my number one favorite film of the year.
6: I'll go a little as far as like a rental that I'm looking forward to because I missed it in the theater. I want to see Just Mercy. It's and then, then I then love then it. Like a, just a fun escape film that I might buy. I might buy um, Rocket Man. Because I could watch it multiple times and never get really tired of it.
5: Well, there's nothing stopping you right now.
6: I know. I've got all the time in the world.
5: There you go. <laughs> what about you, Amy? What would you pick up?
6: Well, in the UK, we still don't have A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood because it came out in January. So oh. I think that's like my pick or Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I'm still obsessed with.
5: Oh, God. Those are great yeah. picks. Mm. Yeah. That Criterion Blu-ray coming soon. I know.
6: Yep. I know. My first Criterion.
5: I am so excited to pick that up and watch it again. God yes. I cannot tell it's you all.
6: Better the second time around.
5: Okay, cool. Amy, thank you so much for calling in. I hope that you're uh, doing well uh, right now through this pandemic.
6: Well, my cafe just got shut today but uh, might still have to go into work. Oh. Oh, no. oh, currently a clash against my company going on Twitter which is fun to read jesus yeah
5: well stay healthy stay safe out there wash yeah. your hands and hopefully we'll all get through this together right
4: thank you very much
5: all righty take care
4: bye
5: hello brian hello hey brian how you doing
4: hey, matt good to see you i, I get, i'm glad to catch you this time around compared to last time where i completely missed it
5: oh it's okay man how you doing uh good Hi. i just i went
4: alcohol shopping nice
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: important that's right, always right. a good win. Yeah, because I, because Florida may, may be the next to go stay at home, so I got
5: I got plenty of booze with me. There you go. So for those that don't know, uh, we're being joined right now uh, by uh, Brian uh, – how do I say his last name? sus Bielis? Seuss Bielis. So, Seuss Bielis. Uh, he writes for In Session Film, and I am always gushing over his classic cinema uh, articles that he posts on there, mostly tied to the Criterion uh, channel. Uh, Brian, uh, you have the entire team here, or at least a good chunk of the team. Uh, what question do you want to ask us?
4: Well, pardon the indulgement, because uh, Criterion Channel is doing its own thing, putting out all new content. So I'm curious, you know, from the, for those who watch it, uh, what are your kind of the ones you, you want to see the most that have just recently uh, been released? Oh, you mean like, okay, so...
5: What movies that have recently been added to the Criterion Channel?
4: Yeah, like I know they just put up Eric Romere's uh, Six Moral Tales.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I know they put up you know in honor of uh, Max von Sydow's uh, past, after his passing movies um, with him. So plenty of Bergman. Uh, the one I just saw that Criterion released on their Blu-ray DVD collection uh, is Until the End of the World that's oh four yeah and a half, what it, four, mm-hmm. hours, four and a half was it four hours yeah that one's insane <laughs> no it's incredible
5: so good so i just pulled up guys the list here uh for the list of movies that criterion channel has added for april 2020 uh we have snow trail drunken angel stray dog rashomon wedding ring scandal the idiot uh the life of um uh, oharu seven samurai I Live in Fear, uh, The Lower Deaths, Throne of Blood. A lot of Kurosawa here. Uh, the Hidden Fortress, uh, Yojimbo, High and Low. Yeah, it's like all Kurosawa, my lord. Uh, the Sword of Doom, Red Sun, Europa, Europa. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Uh, Yorgos Lanphimos, Kaneta, Dogtooth, and Alps. Okay, I see you. And it uh, looks like they're adding Raging Bull as well. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, First of all, is anyone here a subscriber to the Cr- Criterion Channel? Just recently, yes. <laughs>
8: uh-huh. <laughs> I decided I needed it for the the upcoming, however long this is going to be.
5: Yeah, I mean, guys, the list is so so long. I mean, it's like Clute, Shaft, Shampoo, Three Days of the Condor, The Man Who Fell to Earth.
8: Seriously. Yeah, any hall. That's all you need.
5: It's 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 a classic cinema uh, fan's
2: dream. Honestly, I cannot you know, I don't endorse have a it enough. But I just want to add there, Shampoo is a really great movie, if anyone hasn't seen it. It's so yeah. good. Oh, Highly recommended. Yeah. I actually saw that a few years ago with Lee Grant in the audience. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, wow, nice. That's yes. cool. I Am Not a Witch uh, recently also got added as well. Oh, that's such a good
4: movie,
1: too.
8: I love it. And they're, they're doing a Rita Hayworth um, film festival, which is what I'm most excited about right now, honestly.
4: Yeah, and they also have modern movies from recently as well. So, like, a couple days ago, I saw... Uh, Tomboy from Celine, uh, she, she, I keep it, Shimama? Skiyama. yeah. Which
9: is a great film. I haven't seen it in a while, and but incredible.
4: great. Uh, the Fits,
5: I see, is also a modern one. 45 Years is another one that's on there as well. Uh, they've been doing a really good job lately of getting some more modern films on there, actually, all around. I'm pretty uh, impressed oh, yeah. with that.
8: They have Marinades, everyone else too, which is really good. You know what? This one. This is the one I want to watch.
5: I'm probably going to buy this, but I really, really, really want to watch Mikey and Nikki by Elaine May. Oh, good. I've never Elaine seen that before. May. Oh, my God. So um, that's the one that I'm going to uh, pick out here. I, I would love to watch that because I've heard great things about it. Paper Moon, Tatum O'Neill. That's the one that's listed here.
8: Yeah. Peter Bogdanovich. Madeleine Kahn. Doing a whole Bogdanovich thing.
5: Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is on here.
7: Oh, I love that
5: movie. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town.
8: Uh, they're doing a whole German expressionism thing with Cabinet of Dr. Yeah, Caligari, Metropolis, The Golem, M. Nosratu. Yes. If this, like, really, guys, if you love film at all, like, this is what you need for the upcoming <laughs> quarantine. <laughs>
5: I, I agree. I mean, there's other great services out there, like Mubi, for example, yeah. that are really uh, great for people that love uh, non-mainstream cinema. But Criterion Channel, um, it, what I like about Criterion Channel is that it's not just movies in the Criterion Channel. Uh, the Criterion Collection, if, rather. Do yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's the part about it that I like uh, the most, is that it's um, not just the films that you could go out and buy on uh, the Blu-ray, but also um, – films that are not a part of the Criterion collection, but do get shown on the streaming service itself. Yeah. So that's always Did really exciting. anyone
6: else worried that their heads are going to turn to mush after watching all this TV?
5: No. No. Never.
2: No. <laughs> what like intellectual programs.
5: Yeah. Alright, well, getting back to Brian's uh, question here, guys. Uh, what, what, what would you guys uh, go with?
1: Well, for me, I have to be honest that Kurosawa is actually a pretty big blind spot for me. I've only seen like one or two of his movies. So Pretty much anything in that collection, I would be very interested to check out. Uh, Josh,
5: can I make a recommendation right here, right now? Please. High and low. So good. Write that shit down. It is on the list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows I got the time now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that and Rashomon are like my Kurosawa, like,
1: oh! like I yeah, just I've, freak I've out. I've seen Rashomon. That's one of the few that I have seen. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
8: that's great. I love Throne of Blood, too. What a great title. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyone else? Um, they, I want to point out, if anyone saw... One of the best films last year, Atlantics, uh, Criterion Channel has five films by that director, Maddie Diop, including Atlantics on this on their channel. So are they shorts or
4: um, Atlantics is the short one. The, I think. The oh, yeah, that's the short, short feature.
8: Yeah. Feature. Yeah. The others are full features. Yeah. But she has the original short that inspired Atlantics and her other features before the new one. So, yeah.
5: Well, hey. Once again, Criterion Channel is not paying any of us to say any of this, but holy, holy, holy endorsed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They are a great, great platform, especially for anyone out there that loves classic cinema. So, Brian, really, really appreciate you calling in today uh, and giving us the chance to talk about that. Um, Hopefully, there are some listeners out there that can find something to appreciate on there because I'm telling you, I, I really, really do firmly believe that it's one of the best, 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 along with like... Actually, you know, honestly, it should it should be required viewing along with your Netflix, your Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime, etc. In my opinion, so thank you. No problem, guys. Keep it work. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hope all is well. Yep. No problem. Good. Good luck. All right, man. Take care. All right, everyone, and I'll pretty much do it here uh, for this week's uh, show. Uh, We really, really appreciate everybody calling in and providing us with uh, some questions to answer this week. Uh, Going around here, uh, Michael,
2: where can they find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95, and I just want to throw out a little shout out to Stephen Sondheim on his ninetieth birthday today. So happy birthday to one of the greats!
5: Isn't it also um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, I was birthday about today to too? Use
7: mine to yeah. be like, well, so it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's birthday. Let's forgive mm. him for cats and move on. Uh, That's wild <laughs> that they're
5: both on the same day. Uh, Nicole, where can they find you?
7: I am at Nicole Ackman16.
1: Josh Parham. I'm on Twitter at Parham. Lauren Lamagna.
7: You
9: can find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lamango.
8: Dan Baer. You can find me on Twitter at dancin Dan on film. And Miss Amanda Spears. You can
6: find me at Miss Amanda Spears on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah.
5: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much everyone for listening to episode 186 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you get some exclusive podcast content from us, including our upcoming podcast review of the 1998 Disney film Mulan, which we were supposed to do in preparation for a live action film but you know circumstances are being what they are we're still going to go through with it anyway and we have some really 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 cool stuff coming to the Patreon for April May and beyond with our 2014 retrospective which I know a lot of us are very very excited to dive back into that film year check out some movies we'll also be doing some audio commentary tracks and other great content there as well so once again one dollar minimum a month on Patreon thank you so much for listening as always stay healthy Stay safe and we shall see you all next time.
6: Matt, if you have if you get the virus, are you gonna name a successor or are we gonna have a succession
8: style battle over? who gets Hunger
9: <laughs> Games Hunger Games <laughs> Hunger Games <laughs> Universal
8: Hunger Games yes we will have to play a giant round robin game of what's that movie card game that you've <laughs> had recently Matt oh,
5: my God. oh um yeah a Cinephile yeah uh, Cinephile yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to
8: play a massive game of that and whoever wins gets to take over <laughs> I'm warning you all
5: right now we're probably gonna play a game of that at some point on the show
8: You awesome. should do it yeah.
5: it's a
2: lot of fun
6: Everyone takes a shot if they miss a question. We'll see who's <laughs> yes. still sober.
2: Oh no, I was gonna say if we're going with the succession idea, who's doing the uh, the rap that uh, what's his name does? Oh, Will Mavini, yeah. yeah. the, the Kendall Roy rap.
0: That's what I mean. <laughs>